This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We call this the tailgate, getting you ready for a big weekend and looking back on some of the big stories making headlines in Sooner Athletics. Coming up on this edition of the tailgate, we'll hear from Super Bowl champion Geno Grissom. Plus, K.J. Kindler will join us and we'll go in-depth with the new pitching coach for the Oklahoma Sooners, Skip Johnson. That's all this week on the tailgate. My name is Chris Plank and as always thank you so much for downloading the podcast. We appreciate everyone who downloads. You can get the podcast several ways if you're just finding us for the first time at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Now if you subscribe through Soonersports.tv dash podcast slash podcast excuse me you'll just get our shows. Obviously the game plan and the tailgate Toby Roll and myself, every single show we do, you'll get it. Now, if you go through iTunes and search Sooner Radio Network or find us on SoundCloud, search Sooner Radio Network, you'll get every piece of audio we put out from the Monday morning refresher to highlights post-game to interviews with coaches. In fact, Toby even put up the interview that he had with Brent Musburger whenever Brent was in town for his final game. That's another way in which you can get the Sooner Sports Podcast. So check it out online, subscribe, and thank you so much for listening. Let's start by looking back a couple of weeks. Super Bowl Sunday, two Sooners were squaring off. Chris Chester for the Atlanta Falcons and Geno Grissom for the New England Patriots. Thanks to our buddy Matt Archibald over at Sooner Sports Digital. We were able to catch up with Geno Grissom and talk Super Bowl championship, Super Bowl celebration, and just the overall feeling of being a world champion. First and foremost, man, congratulations. Can you even begin to, to describe what it's like to be a Super Bowl champ? Um, I mean, honestly, I, I really can't. There's not words to describe it. Um, it's an unbelievable feeling. Um, you know, you you watch this game growing up as a little kid and, and to actually play in it and, and actually win it is, is uh, unbelievable. It's a dream come true. So take us through first the whirlwind 72 hours afterwards because you get the trophy, you have the celebrations. We saw the pictures on Instagram. You have the trophy, got the fam. But then it's like non it's nonstop, isn't it? Because you get on the plane, you you go do the uh, you get on the duck boats and you celebrate with all of Boston. Right. What was that whirlwind like afterwards? Oh, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, and 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 the Boston fans are un, unreal. I mean, there were so many people out there for the duck boats. I've never seen that many people uh, at one time in, in my entire life. So uh, the amount of support we had, I mean, the weather was terrible and, and everybody still came out. So that was that was unreal. Um, and like you said, it's, it's just been a whirlwind. It's just been super busy, but it's it's been a blast. Gino, can you take us through what it was like to be a part of history? And by that, I, I just don't mean – the greatest comeback in the history of the Super Bowl, but also an overtime game and everything's on the line. I mean, I mean, overall, just the game itself is incredible. So what was that like for you? Um, honestly, it was, uh, it was just, it was almost like everything came full circle. Um, you know, this team's faced a lot of adversity this year and, uh, you know, we, we got off to a tough start and we were able to battle back. And, uh, you know, I think the game was just a testament to the season. So, with that said, there was never any quit in this team, was there? I mean, even even whenever things were at its lowest, after the pick six by Atlanta, and then you know get the 
the quick three and out to start the second half. Then New England goes three and out, and Atlanta scores again. Gina, there was no quit in this team, was there? No, absolutely not. Um, you know, we knew it was going to be a 60-minute game. It's, there's two halves in the game, and, uh, you know, if uh, you play the full 60 minutes, you, you'll always have a good chance to, you know, at least have an opportunity to battle uh, and compete. So that's what we did. Take me – did you get an opportunity, obviously with two Sooners there, different eras, but did you get a chance to uh, see Chris Chester or talk to him before or after the game? I didn't, and I wanted to. I've actually uh, – I never even uh, met Chris before, so I, I wanted to get a chance. But, I mean, after the game, it's so much commotion out there. It's kind of hard to, you know, find uh, everybody out there. But uh, I did, you know, want to get out there, shake his hand, and, and wish him luck for with the rest of his career. You always feel like you're representing the Sooner Nation, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, with that said, you got to help us with this comparison. Bill Belichick and Bob Stoops. Can you kind of lay out how those two guys compare to each other? Um, they're both uh, just exonerate greatness. They, uh, they, the only thing uh, I'm trying to figure out the best way to to word this is, um, they expect and they they produce excellence. So, with that said. It's funny because, you know, I, I don't I don't know, maybe he is, but Coach Stoops doesn't seem like there's a certain slogan. Well, Bill Belichick kind of does. The, the, the no days off, you go back, the do your job, the stories about how he can walk up to you in the hall and ask you about a play and you have to know all the specifics of it. I mean, mm -hmm. in, in the professional football world, how challenging is that, Gino, to know that you could be quizzed and you could be challenged any second of any day? Um, honestly, it's, I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, it just keeps you on your toes. Uh, there's never any let off. Um, your, your foot's always on the gas pedal. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those things that if you're always alert and always ready to go, then you can't be surprised. Take me through just the whole process, because again, not many Sooner fans have had a chance to hear from you like they want to, Gino, as you've been working hard and you've been grinding. There was, you know, trips to the practice squad, back on the active roster. How have you been able to stay personally focused to finally reach that spot where you're a regular part of the active lineup, where you're getting an opportunity to make plays? Um, you know, just being able to keep my head down, um, you know, take it one day at a time. Um, you know, uh, like I said, Rome wasn't built in a day. I know I have a long way to go. And, uh, you know, every day I just go out there and make sure that I put, you know, my best effort forward. And, and so far it's, it's been, been good to me. So can, can you take me through how Oklahoma and, and not just, just football, but the university of Oklahoma, you know, and the experience here, how that helped prepare you for that next phase of your life and that next level? Oh, it was it was excellent. Oklahoma did a, a, a fabulous job of preparing me for the league, um, you know, with, with uh, Schmidty's program uh, all the way to, you know, just the, the whole structure of the way things are set up there. Um, it was all, all all of it was a huge help to me. And uh, then, at this level. and then if you think about it, you know, your your career is kind of a testament to continuing to grind. You had your redshirt season. You were what, a defensive tackle early in your career, and then you kind of found that role in 2013 as a junior, then really excelled as a senior. I mean, you know, what does it say about you and your consistent effort and your stick to if you will, to where there were several opportunities, you know, collegiately, professionally, where you could have said, well, I'm, you know, I, I am what I am, but you kept grinding. What, what drove you? What kind of kept that heart beating for you? 
Um, just the desire to be great. Um, you know, I, I, I feel it in my heart that I can be, and uh, I'm not going to stop until I'm satisfied with where I am and, and knowing myself that'll never happen. So, A uh, couple more things, Gino, before we let you run. Have you been able to keep tabs on the Sooner Nation? I mean, obviously you're on cloud nine right now, but have you been keeping <laughs> up with Oklahoma and what's going on here in Norman? Man, that locker room, I'll tell you what, I'm jealous. thing looks amazing. I can't wait to get back and, and see it firsthand. Yeah, you know, you get your own little personal photo shoot, get a little LED light in there, vented lockers. I mean, come on, man, man that's living, I'll isn't it? I'll tell you it? what. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, gosh. And then, you know, maybe if you could, can you just take us through, I mean, you still have school in a roundabout way when you're a pro, but school is football. So can you kind of take us through some of the differences from playing collegiately to playing in the pros and how, you know, obviously you had schoolwork in college, but it was a little bit different. So what's that like? What's that change like been for you? Um, I mean, honestly, uh, I wouldn't say it's much of a change. Uh, it's just kind of just replacing things. Um, you know, instead of study hall, uh, I'm studying on my iPad, watching practice, or, uh, you know, instead of going to class, I'm in meetings at, you know, before practice or, you know what I mean? So it's honestly, it's not much of a change at all. It's just the, uh, the information that I'm, that I'm getting is the, the big difference. You're holding the Super Bowl trophy. You're, you're champion of the world. Gina, what's going through your mind as that confetti's falling? Uh, I mean, <laughs> after after we won the game, literally the only words that my brain could fathom was "Oh my God!" I just that's the only thing I could say. So, what advice would you give? I mean, and again, I know we get in this world to where when you have when you reach the pinnacle, everyone wants to ask, "How'd you do it? What was the key? Is there any secrets?" I mean, what what advice would you give to someone, Gino, who wants to reach that level that's grinding away right now? Um. It kind of just goes back to your first question. Um, I feel like, I honestly feel like if you feel like there's something in your heart that you can do or that that you need to do in life, uh, you're more than capable of, of, of making it happen. It's all about what you do uh, from point A to point B. So, Do you uh, do you still stay in touch with Coach Stoops? Do you talk to the coaches and stuff and kind of keep tabs not on not just on them but kind of lean on them for any advice? Um, I try to, um, you know, we're, we're all, we all get pretty busy during the season. Um, but, uh, I probably should hit those guys up a little more. <laughs> I, I gotta be jealous here. One of my favorite dudes on the planet is Matt Patricia. And he, <laughs> he walked off the airplane with a Goodell clown shirt and it had to be one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. But what's, yes, what's Matt Patricia like to play for Gino? Oh man. I mean, well, uh, he's definitely one of the smartest guys I've ever been around. Um, but I mean, his his love for the game is is unparalleled. I mean, he just in, in a lot of ways he I I don't even know how to explain it. Um, he's just a great coach. Um, he's another coach that that expects excellence and produces excellence. So it's awesome, man. Well, listen, we're proud of you. Obviously, on cloud nine for you right now. We'll have to maybe get one of those makeshift lockers for you with your picture up there, so you can have the experience <laughs> like you had it. But uh, thanks, you know, man. we really appreciate you finding time for us. Thank you. Thanks right. for calling. All right, buddy. We'll Appreciate see you. it. Man, what an incredible career Gino had as an Oklahoma Sooner, and what a solid professional career he has started out with with the New England Patriots. From the gridiron to the diamond, 
surprise homestand for the Oklahoma Sooners. Some rain and flooding was in the forecast in Long Beach, California. So the dirtbags are headed to Norman as Long Beach State and Oklahoma will start the college baseball series this weekend in Norman at El Dell Mitchell Park, which means the Sooners are going to spend the better part of the first month and a half of the season at home. Game times, 4 o'clock on Friday, 2 o'clock on Saturday, and 11 a.m. on Sunday. Ticket information at Soonersports.com. Now, before we learned that the series had shifted to Norman, we had a chance to catch up with Sooner pitching coach Skip Johnson, and I loved, loved when he talked about moving to Norman, how it's not like joining what was once the enemy, because the enemy, well, that's baseball. How's the experience been moving down here? Go, going into what, after the last decade, has kind of been enemy territory for you, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> it, the enemy's of baseball. We never really looked at OU or Texas A&M, when I was at Texas, uh, at, you learn from Coach Garrido that if you're better at playing baseball than, and you're better at catching the ball, throwing the ball, and throwing strikes, you're, you're uh, a better baseball team. My way of Texas Pan-American is where he started his collegiate career. And then, of course, spent 10 years uh, down in Austin. Uh, take me through kind of your philosophy. How do you like to approach the art of pitching? Well, it's, uh, uh, I think it happens in three phases. It happens in a mechanical phase, effort, rhythm, and timing, or a competitive phase. And uh, um, we'll spend a lot of time on the mechanics to, to repeat our delivery. If we repeat our delivery, then we can go out there and we're fundamentally sound. Then we can go out there and, and really start with their effort, rhythm, and timing. Your effort level is controlled, controls your rhythm and timing. And your mental routines when you're out there put you in that effort level. So you talk, everybody talks about wanting to pitch in the zone or playing in the zone or performing in the zone. And it's all about trusting your routine and trusting your preparation and being in control yourself. And, then, and that's in your effort level is gonna control your rhythm and timing. And then we start talking about being competitive. And we really talk a lot about throwing the targets because you can't go out there and get the hitter out. You hear all the time, let's get the hitter out, let's get the hitter out. Well, if you throw it to the target, you can get the hitter out. You know, you can't control if they get a hit or not, but you can control your response and you can control yourself of throwing the ball at the target. You know, every pitcher in Division One baseball has, has arm talent, but I think you hit on it. There's a lot of mental coaching that you have to do with these guys, right? Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, I was at Texas the last 10 years and uh, I came into uh, Oklahoma and I, and I was really thankful and got the opportunity to come up and coach with Coach Hughes and Coach Anderson. and. The biggest thing for me is uh, um, I had to show them how much I cared before I show them how much I knew. Right. And to get a kid to listen, I wanted to really show them how much I care. And we started that process and and uh, uh, spent a lot of time on repeating our delivery. And you know, we put a player plan together of uh, of their strengths and really opportunities for growth, not a weakness. Because I think if you spend a lot of times talking about the negative and the weakness, they think that something's wrong. This is more of an opportunity for growth, whether it's, you know, filling your position or picking or throwing your secondary pitch for a strike, so to speak, and, and kind of going from there. You know, it's an interesting dynamic on the roster because there is some experience, but only really, you know, a, a couple of guys who've really been through the fire. With that, one of them is senior leader in Austin O'Brien, obviously someone who doesn't pitch, but kind of sets a tone. So as you look up and down this roster, you know, you, Jack Flansburg has only been here a couple of years. Uh, guys that have uh, transferred in, Ben Hollis as well, too. But with that said, Coach, they do have the experience. It's kind of key for this overall team, isn't it? No doubt, for sure. I mean, you look at uh, Jack Flansburg, he's a throwback. He's a guy that uh, 
understands baseball, really gets out there. He understands, he knows the game. He can do the little bitty things that are going to help a team win. Ben Hollis is probably one of the most respected kids on our uh, baseball team. He goes, goes in, days in day in and day out. You know his attitude, where his attitude's going to be. And I think championship teams are built around attitudes. You can look at the, uh, the talent, but what separates you is the attitude. Right. And Renee Martinez is a guy that uh, is a grinder. He's a tough guy. He was at a really successful program at UC Irvine. That uh, Actually, we played in Omaha. And then you look at Stoney uh, uh, O'Brien, and he's a guy that, He's a, grunt, he's a guy that works extremely hard, and he gets the respect of all the teammates of how he goes in day in and day out and puts his work in. Yeah, as a four-year senior, too, watching that kid grow, and not just mentally but physically. I mean, he has turned into a beast and uh, battled a couple of injuries, but good to see him healthy heading into his senior season. Now, Coach Johnson obviously has a pretty fun staff to work with, including a nice little battery with your returning freshman All-American Dominic Dorenzo behind the plate and then Jake Irvin ended up having a nice season as well too last year. Yeah, Jake's a guy that has the, the desire, the ability, and the talent to be really special one day. And uh, we've got to get him out there and, and make sure he understands the to do it understands the staying what we call the process what the process is is making sure that you have faith that you're going to go out there every day and trust what you're going to do that's going to make you be great skip i wanted to ask the biggest jump you see from guys from their freshman to their sophomore year obviously physically but is it maybe a little bit more mental too for them but that jump from freshman to sophomore absolutely i mean you look at um, you know, you see the expectation freshman All-American. Yeah. That's an expectation level. How do, we get, how do we get that guy's mind wrapped around going out and making one pitch at a time? Trust in that preparation. And, and once he goes out there and detail, you know, a, a competitive bullpen, how he goes about his work, how he, how he runs a sprint for an inning, how he, how he jumps a rope for a pitch, and, and try to make sure it's detailed in a uh, – and make it as simple as possible for him to go execute one pitch in one moment in a delivery. It's great stuff. We got Long Beach State coming up this week, and you guys on the road to take on uh, the Dirtbags. What do we expect from them before you guys are home for a long? Kind of odd for the the baseball schedule to then after going on the road to open. You're on the you're at home for so long, but what do we expect this weekend? I mean, Long uh, Long Beach State's always been a great program. I mean, uh, they got those guys. Uh, they'll play a California type baseball. They'll run a lot. They'll bunt a lot. They'll bunt slash a lot. Um, they'll throw strikes. Uh, the California type deal is they, to me, they do it a lot by wit. Right. They're a lot. They're really. They re They're really smart at what right. they do. They understand each other, and they're going to try to take uh, the tempo of the game. They're going to. They're going to slow the game up, speed the game up to see if it disrupts and takes the momentum out of our dugout and puts it in their dugout. And. At the end of the day, that's what, it is. that's what winning and losing is. It's about taking the momentum, and if you can sustain, can sustain the momentum and take it out of their dugout and put it in our dugout, you're going to win the game. You excited to see these guys out there? Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Can't wait. Good luck, Coach. So, again, the series originally scheduled to be played at Long Beach's home ballpark, Blair Field, has been moved to Norman. So the Sooners will host Long Beach State in a three-game series getting underway Friday at 4 o'clock, Saturday at 2, and Sunday at 11 a.m. We'll have all three games for you streamed live on Soonersports.tv. And, of course, you can get Sports Talk 1400 and Sports Talk 99.3 FM locally in Norman to give you all the games. And the change in venue means some good news for Sooner fans. That means the 2017 campaign will open with 19. 
18 straight home games. You can get tickets right now at Soonersports.com or by calling 800-456-GO-O-U. Hey, speaking of the need for fans to get out and support, this might be arguably one of the biggest home games of the season for Sherry Cole and the women's basketball program as they square off against Texas. This is huge for the Sooners in postseason positioning. It's Oklahoma and it's Texas Saturday at 1 o'clock as the Sooners look to make it five straight and what would be, what, eight of their last nine with the win. They've won four straight games heading into this showdown with Texas on Saturday. Still playing without Maddie Manning. Get out and support the Sooners 1 o'clock with the opening tip. And what a challenging weekend for the OU women's gymnastics program. They have absolutely been the talk of the gymnastics world. They are number one in the country with the bullet. They are up against number two LSU up in St. Louis this week. So we caught up with women's gymnastics coach K.J. Kindler to get the inside scoop on Sooners Gym. K.J., I know it's still early in the season, but does this team kind of have a a mid-season feel to it with the way it's executing? Yeah, I mean, it's... it's been a great season so far, and we're we're showing a lot of potential. This last score was our highest score of the season, and that was really good to see. We are, you know, hitting every single routine now, which we weren't doing at the beginning of the year. So that's good to see as well. But we still have improvements that we can make, and um, we're definitely going to be tested this weekend. And I'm actually looking forward to a really, really strong and competitive meet. Our team needs to be pushed, and um, this weekend we'll do just that. So we're excited for that. Uh, I, I want to ask you about, I don't know if it's the unicorn or if it's that thing in sports that that's never going to happen. But when you start looking at what Maggie has done and you see perfect tens in three events, and I heard Megan McDonald talk about it on, on one of the reports, but is, is, a, is a 40 score possible? I mean, is that something we're going to see before Maggie's time is done? Well, I'll tell you that, Someone has actually gotten a 40 before in college really? gymnastics. A young, a young lady named Karen Litchie from the University of Georgia during their, wow. um, their reign, kind of, they had a five-year uh, national championship streak going. And she, was, she got four tens in one night. So is it possible? Yes. Could Maggie do it? Yes. Because she's showing that she can do it on every event. Now she's gotten a 10 on beam. She's gotten a 10 on vault. She's gotten a 10 on floor. She just hasn't gotten one on bars. But... I'm kind of surprised because if you had asked me where she would get one first, I would have said bars. So I think, you know, definitely is the potential there. But, boy, does it's kind of a unicorn thing. Like you said, it's good. it would have to be a very magical night. You know, uh, it's super hard to be perfect on one event. So imagine, you know, doing that all on all four. Crazy. Now, okay, so then take me through the mindset. I, I was I was putting together an article for our Boy Street magazine on it, KJ, because I became so fascinated by it. Uh, and maybe it might be one of those things to where you say, hey, listen up, noob. We don't need you focusing on something ridiculous like a 40 score because it's a team event. But is it similar from a gymnastics, uh, a, a gymnast perspective like yourself, like anyone else who did all the events, KJ, to have that focus? I mean, I know team goals are the ultimate goal here. But but is that something you can focus on that drives you or is that considered to be more of a personal thing? Um, you know, I get what you're saying. Of co- of course, we are a team sport, and um, and we train as a team sport. But if you don't have individual goals, you don't contribute to the team. You know, you have to push yourself uh, as an individual, as a person. And so I'm sure that if you named what is the biggest goal in gymnastics, getting a 40 in the all-around is it. And it's only been done once, ever. So uh, 
for her to set that goal and to try to reach for that, that that would be something that would push her for a long time. I think that that is going to be very difficult to achieve, but is it something that could drive her every day? Yes. And if she achieves that, will it help everyone? Yes. So um, I get what you're saying, but it's definitely where right. all the in- individual scores come together to make that team score. And then I'll add to it. Just based on on my perspective, Coach, which, again, I haven't been able to be a practice with you. I haven't got to travel with you. Um, but it doesn't appear as if selfish goals, even though in, in an individual sport, I guess the point is it doesn't seem like you have a lot of big-headed people. So, in other words, you don't have to worry about – them getting too caught up in their own thing and not helping out the team. Is that, is that kind of a fair assessment? Not getting, it is an individual sport, but in getting the team points, that's what's most important. I don't think you see anyone going rogue, if you will, on this and trying to be all about them. Is that a fair assessment? <laughs> that's, that's very fair. I think our team is pretty humble, and they know that they have their part to do, and that's their job. They want to contribute as much as possible. You know, I would guess that someone's goal would be for their score always to count. You know, They're going up to compete. <laughs> they want their score to count toward the team score. And so they're always pushing to make that happen, and they're, and they're always very um, excited for one another. I mean, genuinely, I think there's a, a lot of genuine excitement when um, Maggie receives those tens, and, um, and she's been, you know, obviously – humbled i think by getting them she's she's kind of surprised a little bit i think she's like wow i didn't know i could do that (laughs) has anything about her surprised you at all um i'm just really proud of her because you know i don't think many of us can understand like where she's been mentally in the last year um having that dream to make that olympic team and and falling short because of a injury the timing of an injury it was an injury she could easily recover from a meniscus tear in her knee but the timing of it didn't allow her you know the the training she needed to make that olympic team and and prior to that she was a shoe-in so for someone to go from the top of the mountain you know to the valley so quickly and in such a in such bad timing you know i think we don't know where she's been in the last year and so for her um I'm just really proud of how she's rebounded and how she has shown a love for the sport, you know, even the sport that kind of juked her a little, you know, like it it wasn't the way she wanted it to go. And so to me, that's the biggest victory in all of this is that she's, she's out there again, loving the sport and contributing to NCAA gymnastics and, um, and definitely kind of the it girl right now. Everything, I'm looking over the stat sheet from Saturday night, and everything is just, I mean, in, in, incredible. When you think about it, you go from uh, the job that Charity Jones did, and, and I think that, you know, it, it, it's underappreciated for, for noobs like myself. I'll use that twice. That talk to you every single week, KJ, learn something every single week. To But to be kind of that kickoff person like Charity has become, your leadoff hitter, I mean, how important is it to see her set the tone the way that she has and have a story? I mean, you had a 9.775 uh, that, that didn't count. I mean, that, that, that shows you just how impressive it is, or 9.75, excuse me, that shows you how impressive things have been from top to bottom with this team, and it kind of starts with Charity, doesn't it? Yeah, it totally does, and Charity – you don't know charity but you've watched her before she kind of has this (laughs) she's fierce and she's like aggressive um and if she has a bad warm-up get out of her way you know (laughs) she is like she fights back you know she's a fighter so she she accepts nothing but 
perfection from herself. You know, she knows what her best is and she knows she can deliver it every day. And um, we just trust her so much. That's why she's in that spot. Yes, she's a senior. So, of course, she has all that experience, but it's more her demeanor and the way she attacks. That's the reason she's in that spot. Like, you just trust her and, and you need it to get started off that way, like really solid, really strong so that everyone behind her can build. You know, you, you mentioned someone who had watched their dream die. Uh, and I don't, I mean, not, not like they're never going to have the opportunity to compete again, at least the dream to make the summer Olympic team. And Brenda Dial's in that mix as well, too. And, Coach, I can't help but be impressed with the way that she's performed so far this season. It seems like every time you pull up a score sheet, she's uh, her score's counting and it's making a difference. How, how has Brenda kind of adjusted to getting back into the flow of college gymnastics and then overcoming her own personal disappointment from this offseason? Yeah, well, you know, I'll be honest. I think Brenna's main goal when she deferred last year was to make the world championship team and bring home a gold medal. Now, did she still try for that Olympic team? Absolutely. But when she left here, she told me, that is my goal. I've never won a world championship medal with my team, and that's what I want to do. That would make my elite career complete. So I feel like she's coming off. Um, great success in what she aimed to do when she left and she achieved what she, what she was going after. Um, I think, you know, I've seen her just really come into her own. I think she's a little overshadowed. Obviously Maggie is, you know, coming in as a freshman and kind of, and, and when Brenna was a freshman, she had the same kind of notoriety, but coming in behind, I don't think we're noticing how great she's performing. Um, phenomenal on vault like at the last meet the high score of the meet and one vault she's so powerful um and she just comes kind of flies in under the radar unassuming and kind of kills it so um she's been great and she's doing a good job for us i think every single one of your floor routines would have been the highest score for uh (laughs) auburn i mean i that just to me shows shows domination as you mentioned there's there's going to be challenges coming up but uh, with LSU, Georgia, Missouri, then you got, what, Georgia again the following week. So I, I would assume, Coach, there's no concern about anyone looking past any opponent. As long as they focus on themselves, you got to feel pretty good about where this team uh, is right now mentally. Yes, I do. I absolutely do. And I think um, – I always think, though, um, you know, you need that really great challenge. And right. I don't know if you mentioned LSU. We're going against number two this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for me, and and also Missouri, actually, we're going against three teams that are in the um, the top fifteen this weekend. Wow. And one of them is LSU. Um, one is Georgia, and one is Missouri. Um, we need that push, and uh, we're we're being put in kind of an interesting position. Um, you know, when you're at home, you start on vault, and uh, when you're away, you usually start on bars. Well, they have us starting on floor, which means we end on. The balance beam. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, and LSU will end on floor. So it's going to be a challenge for us. Like, I feel, I feel really good about the position we're being put in. I like that. You know, I want them to be, um, to be in new situations because the more we're, we're in that kind of thing, the more prepared we are at the end of the year. And uh, I, I'm really looking forward to just that push from our team, seeing how they rise you know, under that kind of pressure. We haven't had that kind of pressure yet this season. And um, we went against great teams, Alabama, UCLA. I mean, we've gone against great teams, but the end result wasn't as close, you know, as uh, as we thought maybe. And 
And I think being pushed is just really what they need. Hey, real quick, Coach, I know I've kept you long, uh, but but I did want to ask because it, uh, it, it's such a deep team and, and people get so focused on Maggie, and understandably so, but what about the performance of AJ, another Big 12 Performer of the Week honoree, and it seems like she's so powerful, she's so explosive, and it seems like she just gets better every time she steps out to perform for you. AJ's a really special athlete, and unlike uh, Maggie or Brenna, I mean, she has she has power like you have never seen and quickness. So she flies higher. She flies further. She tumbles higher. Um, and I have had almost everyone come and tell me that hers is their favorite floor team, that they absolutely <laughs> love it. And she is such a, um, a showman out there. It's unreal. Like if you could get a close up of those facial expressions, they would, they would say a thousand words. She's just really um, entertaining. And so she stands out like everyone loves her. She's just such a great and entertaining athlete and um, super talented, obviously. Uh, but 9975 on floor this week, I really thought it was a 10. Like <laughs> I was on my, the edge of my seat waiting for it. Um, it was that good and the best I've seen her do. Um, so we're just really excited that she's going to continue on that path and keep you know, keep performing like that. Well, there you have it. Another edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks to Super Bowl champion Gino Grissom. Thanks to brand new Sooner pitching coach Skip Johnson. And thanks to KJ Kindler, all guests on this week's edition of The Game Plan. As always, if you subscribe through iTunes, please leave a rating and a comment. We appreciate all the feedback and make sure you're following along at OU on the air and at Sooner Sports TV. Monday's edition, Toby Rowland rejoins the game plan as we get you ready for a busy week in not just basketball and not just women's hoops, but also baseball and softball. Plus, next week, the gaggle of Gassos as JT Gasso and Andrea Gasso join us as we'll come to you live from Palm Beach as the Sooners play in the Mary Nutter Classic for Sooner Softball. That's next week. For this week, enjoy a busy weekend of Sooner Athletics. And until Monday, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.